Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew have assembled around me. Hembo is back. Um, and so it is delightful to have him back. Bubba's here. Cam is here. Really busy day. You just heard from Christine Lisi in Sports Center. The big story the first huge shoe has fallen in the quarterback carousel, which is a terrible way of putting that because a shoe doesn't fall on a carousel. But you know what I mean? Uh, Derek Carr is a saint, is what I'm trying to say. And that obviously has enormous ramifications all over the place, most notably for me uh, and with my being concerned about the Jets. Let me read you Diana's tweets. Christine just uh, mentioned it, that um, that he is signing with the Saints. Carr is signing with the Saints per sources. Diana then tweeted, before Derek Carr grew support in the Jets building, there were many who were pushing for Jimmy Garoppolo, worth keeping an eye on as we continue to wait for Rodgers to make a decision. Uh, I'm okay with this. I, I think that Derek Carr is a good quarterback, and you don't win championships by paying a good quarterback, great quarterback money, which actually brings us to something else. Because this thing has been breaking around us all day long, I haven't gotten to anything else yet today. That brings us to the next stop, which is, I guess I kind of understand how the Giants have gotten here, but the contract that I'm hearing from people they're about to give Daniel Jones, or at least maybe about to give Daniel Jones, I don't understand. Like, how do you negotiate against yourself into a terrible deal? They have the franchise tag at their disposal. I would rather overpay Saquon Barkley a little bit, give him a little more than you want, give him whatever deal Derrick Henry got or who, whatever it is, and use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones, then give Daniel Jones $45 million a year times four just so you can tag Barkley. Like, I'm not sure that makes sense at all. The last thing in the world I want to do is be in anybody else's pockets. God bless you, Daniel. You had a great year with with all the pressure in the world on you. You played really well. I hope Daniel Jones gets every penny he can and does. And the last thing in the world I want to be is in a position of saying, I wouldn't consider doing it, but I wouldn't do it. Like, why would you do that? If you put the, fr- if you put the unrestricted, fr- whatever it's called, the un, what is it? Non-exclusive. Non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, the entire league is racing in to try and get him. If the Giants put it on Daniel Jones, so the price tag is two ones, no one signs him to an offer sheet, right? No one does. Literally no one. No one does. So who are you negotiating against? That, that Right? I mean, what am I missing? What You tell me what I'm missing. If you offer Daniel Jones $35 million and he says, no, I don't want it, then what? what he has nowhere else to go from there. I just think the, the one thing that you could be missing here is that 40 to $45 million a year for a quarterback is not going to be nearly as much by the end of that contract as it sounds now. And Daniel Jones is coming off a legitimately great season. And even if we want to credit Brian Dable for that, Brian Dable is still the coach. And the idea of retaining Saquon Barkley and paying Daniel Jones a deal that if he plays this way for four more years will wind up being a bargain doesn't actually strike me as all that crazy. This is a 25-year-old kid with a first-round pick pedigree. Are we, so if we're going to do the whole thing where like the first three years he's a bust and, and he, was, he was ruined, which is the exact same thing that the owner said. You bring in the right coach for the kid. He plays great, like top 10 great. And now all of a sudden we're going to say that he's not worth paying like a top 10 quarterback. I don't quite understand what the disconnect is then. I can see the argument on your side. 
I would add to that argument, he had the worst weapons, he had the worst offensive skill set of uh, position players of anybody in the league. I get all of that. And still played great. And still played great. The other side of it is, what he, is what he did fully sustainable? Like, that didn't look like an offense that you're looking to run. Like They basically won games last year by running him and Saquon Barkley all the time, and I just don't know that that is the... Um, that that is the philosophy that the coach wants. I don't know. So if all of a sudden you want him to go from a guy who can run it really well and throw 15 touchdowns and not turn it over to a guy who's going to become Josh Allen, meaning a guy who can run but is going to throw 35 touchdowns, I don't know if he has that in him. I'll tell you what. Daniel Jones last year was way better than Josh Allen ever was before he got Stephon Diggs. Same coach. Do you think Brian Dayball is a a great coach? I do. Okay. Brian Dayball then is smart enough to know that last year, the way that you designed that offense is through those two guys running the ball because they had no real weapons. The Giants have some cap space. The Giants will be able to add a wide receiver or two and maybe a tight end. And all of a sudden, the offense will look a little bit more balanced. Daniel Jones fixed his one big fatal flaw. He had more clean games, games without an interception or fumble, than any quarterback in the NFL, which was the reason just one year ago why most of us thought that they needed to move on, was the reason why they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He made such progress, and if anyone is going to know that that guy's worth paying, it's the, it's the franchise, it's the coach that he's going to be playing for in the immediate future. Okay, look, if they do it, then great. I, I, I Once again, I think that... The opposite argument is if you don't pay him that, I don't think anyone else does. So why wouldn't you pay him? Look, the, the first rule of business is you should always pay everyone as little as you reasonably can. <laughs> and in <coughs> football, because it's a zero-sum sport, there are tangible reasons why you want to do that. You don't think there's another team in the NFL that would pay him $40 million a year? Well, if you put the franchise tag on him, they have to pay him $40 million and give the Giants two first-round picks. Of course, but then you're at the risk of losing the one weapon that he did have in Saquon Barkley. And that's a much... And you don't so, want to give the so running back the second him. contract. No, well, don't pay him. The mistake the teams make is doing that. No team is... Extending your 25-year-old quarterback that just played great is a safer decision than paying a running back with that pedigree, with that workload, who has already demonstrated that he can't stay healthy. Okay, you may have talked me into it. Uh, in the meantime, Greeny here, Hembo here, Bubba and Cam, the assembled members of the Hashtag crew are around us. I haven't gotten to a lot of the things that I plan to, but let's find something out quickly. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So the reason that Hembo has been gone for the last two weeks is that he's been on something that is called child bonding leave, which is a new thing. It didn't exist um, when my kids were born. But these days, not only does the Walt Disney Company offer its employees, um, its female employees, the moms, uh, maternity leave, but they offer the fathers a, uh, a similar circumstance where you get some paid time off, which I think is wonderful. I'm all for it. I think it's great. Um, but the question that we kept raising whilst you were out was, when you return, having just spent two weeks bonding with your twins, Will you be able to identify one versus the other? Which is to say, when I have shown Hembo in recent weeks, right, Bubba, pictures of his two twin girls, little Michelle and the other one. Charlotte. Is that what it is? That is what it is. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure that's her name. Okay. I mean, I'm enough. not sure we could be asking him that question. Yeah. yeah. I'm not convinced because I've, I've, I've never known it and i'm not 100 percent sure yeah, he's not the right source it. for that i agree we have to call lizzie and make sure he got that right oh would it be great if he got her name wrong <laughs> but anyway 
If I were to show you a picture right now of the two of them, are you convinced, because they are, have I mentioned they're identical twins, are you convinced you could tell one from the other? <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not convinced. And I'm going to be honest. As they get older, the more and more they look alike, right. it is becoming more and more challenging. Yeah. And so the amount of time that I'm spending with them is immaterial. See, see, here's the thing. You're, you're living my life to a degree because you, you, you realize I'm married to one of these. Uh, the, the, I, I, <laughs> I'm married to an identical twin. They look exactly alike. And they dress, in my case, they dress exactly alike and they have the same mannerisms and they talk the same and they think the same. So they will say the same things in any given scenario. So I think what would be a fun game to play, it's not a very good radio game because it's got sort of a visual element to it. But if we put a picture up on the screen... Two different photos. One, a split screen. One of them is Michelle, and the other one is whatever her name is. Charlotte. Charlotte, I think. We haven't confirmed that. So a picture of Michelle and allegedly Charlotte, and see if you could tell them apart. Then we put up a side-by-side photo of my wife, Stacy and her identical twin sister, Sean, and see if you can tell them apart. And I think what would be hilarious is if you, not me, I can tell them apart, but if you are able to tell apart my wife and her twin, but not your daughter and her twin. Are you suggesting that this does or does not get easier from here on out? Harder, much harder. It gets harder. Infinitely harder. So my best chance was at the beginning, which I already failed. Right. And so now... This is a slope I'm going to now continue to roll Well, let me say now. this. I wasn't around when they were born, obviously. I didn't meet Stace until I was in my 20s. <laughs> but I can tell you that, that we could have fooled my father. I could have gone to dinner with my parents, with Stace, probably till his dying day. I don't, I don't think there ever would have been a moment in time, even after I had been married to her for however long we were married at that time, 17 years. She was the grandmother. Of, he was, she was the mother of, his, of two of his grandchildren, and I think we could have gone out for dinner with the two of them. She could have gotten up, excused herself to go to the ladies' room. Her sister could have come back and sat in the chair, carried on the rest of the evening, and my father never would have known. Oh, my God. I believe that to be that's the case. That's so scary. And that's, what's, that's what your, your twin girls are about to be. This is a terrifying life to live. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's got some very nice parts of it. Like what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I'm married to them. You're, you're, uh, mine comes with some advantages. Yours do not. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Yours, I, I understand that. And the most important part of it right now is you have to make sure you're not always feeding the one right right you, if, if both of them are hungry you got to make sure you don't feed one then put her back down turn around come back get confused and feed that one again if one of them starts becoming really really skinny <laughs> you'll know that you have been accidentally overfeeding oh, one no. and underfeeding the other i don't think this is off the list of possible things <sighs> that could happen all right we're working our way towards all of that you know march is a huge month for basketball it takes top talent to help these incredible teams get to this level and if you're hiring you can find top talent with zip recruiter try for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash um because of all of this football breaking news we have not yet gotten to what I think is overwhelmingly the most important story of the weekend, but I plan to do that next uh, here. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. 
And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tons of NFL news flying around and we will keep you posted on anything as it continues to develop also get ready for champions a hilarious new movie starting uh, starring woody harrelson he's a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole lot of attitude champions only in theaters friday rated pg-13 all right, so because of all of this football news that we've had, um, I've not yet gotten to what I think in the big picture is overwhelmingly the most important story of the weekend, and that was this video that was posted by John Morant, apparently on his own Instagram Live in the wee hours of Friday night into Saturday morning, in which he is displaying the fact that he is holding what most certainly appears to be a gun. And um, many of you may have read some of the reporting in the Washington Post suggesting that this is not the first incident in recent uh, time in which there have been concerns along these lines um, about John Morant himself and some of the people that are in his inner circle. So um, I I don't feel like I need to go through all of the details in the the day and age in which we live when a video like that is as widespread. I, I will tell you, you know, we had NBA, we were here all night Friday night and all night Saturday night and all day yesterday so when we left Friday night, we had done a lengthy planning meeting. We were all set for our show on Saturday, and I woke up, and the number one trending topic on Twitter was the name John Morant, and I clicked on it, and I immediately knew everything we had planned for our show was going by the wayside, and and so I will give you some of my thoughts on it in a moment, but first, I'd like to say, I've been very proud of many things I've been a part of at ESPN over now almost 27 years that I've worked here. Um 
I've never been prouder to be a part of any discussion than I was with what we did on Saturday night. I hope folks got a chance to see that. If you weren't watching us live on ABC, then I hope you were um, able to see some of what my colleagues said on the air that night because it was profound and it was emotional and I thought it was incredibly important. And it was a night in which I thought we had exactly the right people in exactly the right places. So for those of you who didn't see it, I set it all up. I gave all of the background. This is all the things that have happened up till now. Then I turned it over to Woj, who gave any further information and detail that there was. So all the information was on the table. And then we went to Stephen A. Smith, who I think is at this point, pre, without argument, the preeminent voice in American sports today. His, his is the most significant voice of anyone's. He's the person you want to hear from. And Stephen A. was powerful and strong, and he spoke directly to Ja Morant, and he spoke to Ja's father and um, offered his thoughts. And then I turned to Michael Wilbon, who is sort of the godfather of all of this. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's a generation older than Stephen A. and I are, and Jalen. And his position was so powerful and he was a combination of angry and sad with what he had seen. And I can tell you behind the scenes, because I was talking to him all day, he was on the phone all day with people. He spoke to half the NBA on Saturday, both present and past of the NBA, to, to formulate his thoughts. And he was really profound. And then Jalen Rose started to speak. And I can tell you, there have been very few times in my career that I was dumbfounded, but I've known Jalen forever and I love him. Jalen's one of the nicest, best human beings you'll ever meet in your life, inside or outside of sports. But I thought it was his best moment. I, 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 he, he began his comments, and I'm not sure exactly what part of it we cut up here because he's got like three minutes of it, but he turned to the camera and I, I had a vague idea of what he was going to say, but I didn't know he was going to say this. He turned to the camera and the first words out of his mouth were, I am John Morant. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized it was right. And he explained why he means that. He was a super famous young person trying to navigate all of the potential pitfalls of being a super famous young person. And Jalen talked about uh, very openly and honestly about many of the bad decisions he made when he was young and how fortunate he is to not have paid a greater price for them than he did. It was touching and moving and just magnificent. And I recommend that you watch all of what he said. It's everywhere on social media. It's on his Twitter page, it's on my Twitter page. It's, it's, it's everywhere. But here's a, a portion of it. This was Jalen Saturday night that we clipped off for you. The one thing that young people have to understand, and in John Morant's case, when you first get drafted, you go from being a member of the family, a member of the crew, to being the leader to being the breadwinner. And first and foremost, I hear a lot of people talking about like his family and his crew. When you the leader, it's on you because you end up searching that lifestyle. You end up wanting to be down. And what I had to learn is that people come into your life for four reasons to add, subtract, multiply or divide. You have to choose wisely. He has way too much to lose. 
That's just a portion. It's it's a good clip, um, but there's so much more to what Jalen said, and there's nothing I can add to what those guys said that I think would add any better perspective. You can't have better perspective than we offered that night. Here's the only thing I will say. The issue of guns in our society has become very divisive, and I have very, very strong feelings on the subject, but this isn't the place for that. This show is not the place for that conversation. But here's what I would hope. I would hope that regardless of your stance on the legality of guns, that everyone would agree that the casualness with which we now occasionally approach the use of, or in this particular case, the, um, the possession of a deadly weapon is a dangerous thing for our society. You want to have an argument about whether or not guns should be legal? That's fine. I will have that argument with you in another context, on another platform, anytime you want. I have strong feelings on it. But what I would hope everyone would agree, no matter what your position is on that issue, is that guns are not things that should be dealt with casually. They should not be glamorized. It should not be cool just to have one. And my biggest concern in all of this is that John Morant is a young person that so many young people idolize. They look up to so much. He's my son's favorite player. I mean, he's only like two or three years older than my son. But, I mean, John Morant is such a charismatic, attractive, extraordinary young player that my first concern when I saw that was that I don't want all these kids who idolize him and wear his shoes and wear his jersey to think, man, I want to go out and get a gun because John Morant has a gun, and that's the cool thing to do. That, to me, is the worst thing that could come of this. So I would hope that in a culture in which we can't ever agree on anything, that at least we could agree on that, that if your views on the legality of guns are different from mine, that at least we can agree on this, that guns should not be treated casually in our society. They should not be glamorized. It should not just be deemed cool to have one. No one's interests are served by that. I hope everyone feels that way. And as far as John Morant himself is concerned, who is not a person that I know, I thought Jalen made an excellent point, which is that let's hope this winds up turning out to be one of the best things that ever happened to him, this episode. Because at the end of the day, no one was shot that we know of. No one was injured. No one was killed. Thank God. No one was arrested. And so perhaps this could just wind up being a really, really, really valuable lesson. He is still an incredibly young man. And if he learns from this experience, which I'm, I'm hoping and from what I'm told, many people around the league are optimistic and encouraged by what, how he has handled it so far. It's way more important than whether he comes back and plays this year and they win or not win. All, none of that stuff comparatively means anything. But... This could wind up, I think it is a good perspective on it to say, this could wind up being a wonderful lesson that could turn his life in a way that maybe he needed in the best way. So let's hope that's what winds up happening. And again, I hope that you will, that no matter what your position is on guns, that we can meet there, that no one's interests are served by young people believing that it is just cool, glamorous, and not that big a deal to wave a gun around. 
particularly in a public crowded place, but anywhere. I hope we can all agree on that. All right, let me leave that there for the moment. Um, I'll do the read a little bit later. We'll come back. It's a super busy day. We'll get to all the football again and much more as we continue. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We got lots in the hopper. Derek Carr has just tweeted. For those of you who are just joining us here, Derek Carr has agreed to a deal with the New Orleans Saints, um, which is not a huge surprise. As of last night, Jeremy Fowler was saying that Carr was leaning towards the Jets, and I take the fact that he has now signed with or has agreed to a deal with New Orleans as an indication that the Jets believe they are significantly in the hunt for Aaron Rodgers. Those are the tea leaves that I'm putting together here. Uh, It just sort of stands to reason. One way or the other, Derek Carr has confirmed this by tweeting, who dat? And look, good for him. I think Derek Carr seems like a very nice guy. I admired the leadership that he showed last year when the John Gruden thing happened with the Raiders, and that was so horrendous. And, and, And that happened at a similar time frame. I forget exactly what the order is these things were, but that horrific accident involving Henry Ruggs in which the the woman was killed and all of that stuff. So the Raiders faced really monumental off-the-field issues last year, and as a leader, I thought Derek Carr really held them together and did a really good job and, and managed to lead that team to the playoffs. That said, I think he is merely a good quarterback. I think he is on that large list of quarterbacks in the NFL who are not difference makers, but they are good enough. The reason that a Jet fan might have reason to be disappointed about this, Hembo, you keep saying the Jets are lucky not to have gotten him. I understand what you mean, but the only thing worse than having a decent quarterback is having the worst quarterback play in the league, and that's what the Jets had. So they got to get someone he would have been a big step up from what they had, and now he's in New Orleans. But you can't think that way because the Jets aren't in the kind of compromising position that they have been in the past. The Jets are a wonderful, attractive place for a quarterback to go to now, a quarterback that can know in this environment I am very likely to thrive, a quarterback that can look at that offense last year and say, they played five games without scoring a touchdown. To look at that offense last year and say, they went 6-2 and two when they scored two touchdowns. This is a top-five defense with a young, ascending roster. The Jets are in great position to trade for or sign a quarterback. And look, Derek Carr is a—you said good. I'll say Derek Carr is average. The Jets can go 10-7 and seven next year with an average quarterback. And even if that's all they get— 
they won't have to pay him nearly as much as the Saints are going to have to pay Derek. So Carr. again, the names you're talking about are are um, Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Tannehill and Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo and the field. Well, I think Garoppolo is going to be a lot more expensive than those other guys. I think Garoppolo is going to get money comparable to what Carr gets. Do you not think that? Maybe so, but you also teams are going to attack this in the draft. In Derek Carr's case, he's going to a division now where he can immediately be the best quarterback, where he's coming from one in which he was, at best, the third best quarterback. Vegas has actually installed the Saints now as the favorite to win the NFC South. Yeah, that won't. I don't know how long that'll last, because let's see if Atlanta winds up with Lamar Jackson. But one way or another, I, I wrote these eight names down. For teams that need quarterbacks, they're not the only ones. I'm not even sure they're the right ones, but they're the ones that I find most interesting. Aaron Rodgers, we wait. Derek Carr, we know. Lamar Jackson, we wait. Jimmy Garoppolo, we wait. Actually, should I add Daniel Jones? I think we know. He's going to be a giant one way or the other. Whatever happens, right, he's going to be a giant. Let me ask Bubba. Many of you may not know this, but Bubba prior to his long and really now I think somewhat legendary run in radio production, uh, Bubba actually was a clairvoyant. He worked in one of those, you know, one of those little places you see on the street corner where you you go up and they tell your fortune. He reads the tarot cards and has any number of other things. So uh, because he speaks to the beyond, that's that's, uh, Bubba. He has that gift. Um, so, so Bubba, as I, I just want to make sure I'm not reading this thing wrong. I try not right. to lean on this too much from you because I know that it's something that exhausts you. But, um, but, but if I may, just for this, just for this moment, ask you, <clears throat> you know, I was doing that with a straight face until you started laughing over there, Mr. Hembo. Anyway, come on, Hembo. Bubba, uh, am I right in assuming that whether it's on the franchise tag or not, Daniel Jones will be the quarterback of the New York Giants this coming season. Mm, yes, yes. I, would, uh, I think you're right on that one. All signs from what I'm seeing on the cards, the playing cards that I use. They're not playing cards, to be clear. They're tarot. They're tarot. I, do you use playing I use cards? Playing it's like cards. a 52-card yeah. deck. Are you seriously looking like at the six of clubs and saying that means Daniel Jones is going to be a giant I mean, this first year? first of all, do the people that use tarot cards, can you trust what they say? Well, I mean, it is always They're been, doing it wrong. No, but I have seen witness. I have borne witness to your ability to see the future. And, yeah, and well, because you got to use the right deck. So that's, so that's what it is. So you're using a, a deck of cards. Okay, fair enough. So you're using a deck of cards, and, and, and what you're seeing is that Daniel Jones will be the quarterback of the Giants. Correct. Okay, and then, then there are four rookies. And and they are in no particular order, and I'm going to say them in no particular order because I don't know what order they're going to go in now. Anthony Richardson, I knew he was going to set the world on fire at the Combine, but he was even better than I thought he'd be. So could he have just played his way? Or, or he, say, he didn't, definitely didn't play his way. <laughs> could he have just found his way into the top three quarterbacks in this draft? I thought there was a big three. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis, and then there was a step down, and it was Anthony Richardson, and then there's a big step before you get to anybody else. I now think Anthony Richardson may have actually moved himself into making it a big four, and then I think it's a question of where the picks fall and, and who winds up trading up, because I'll just tell you right now, and, and I'm not saying anything you don't know if you're following these guys, but Todd McShay's number one pick would be Bryce Young, Lewis Riddick's number one pick would be C.J. Stroud, and Mel Kuyper's number one pick would be Will Levis. Wow. So you've got our top three people mm. who all like a different guy. 
So that should tell you that when push comes to shove, there isn't going to be a consensus on this. And so depending on which team winds up at number one, that probably will determine which of the quarterbacks goes number one. But I don't think we can factor that in for the purposes of this exercise. Why not? Because we, because have... I, we don't know who's going to take a, a, a rookie. Sure, but Seattle picks at five. Detroit picks at six. They both have veteran quarterbacks. And what if they fall in love with a rookie? What I'm saying is... Do you think one of those teams is going to take one of these quarterbacks? I think it is entirely possible. And that's why I think the Derek Carr thing is easy to let go because there are so many variables and so many unforeseen circumstances that could still arise. Derek Carr is merely the first of many dominoes. Just the first of many dominoes, and he is only so attractive, only so palatable. Is Geno Smith getting franchised in Seattle? Is that, did I miss that? Did he, that happen? He's likely to stay there, but we don't know anything for sure. Okay. So... Okay, so we've got all that. So now we got a whole bunch of names, and we're trying to figure out where it all goes. So let's have Bubba, once again, with his clairvoyance, start putting people in places. Let's start putting the pegs in the holes, if you will, okay? So let's start with Garoppolo. Where is Garoppolo going to be the quarterback next year? Bubba, oh, clairvoyant one. What do you see? Where does he wind up? Titans. Titans. The Titans for Garoppolo. Now, I don't think, I don't even think I think, Vrabel and Garoppolo would not have crossed paths, right? Vrabel would have been long gone by the time Jimmy G got to New England. But he does like the New England guys. Boy, they do need a quarterback. I hadn't thought about them. That's it. Someone had said to me, why wouldn't Rodgers go to Tennessee? That's an interesting one. It's an attractive option for Aaron Rodgers. We've not talked about much. The Ryan Tannehill cap hit, that, co- that contract is inhibitive. I think they're likely to move on and... Malik Willis did not show us anything last year that demonstrates he's ready for the job. Right. So that's an interesting one. Okay, so Garoppolo to Tennessee, so says Bubba. Then how we know where Carr is. How about Lamar Jackson? Where, oh, Bubba, oh, seer of future things. Where, Bubba, will Lamar Jackson play football next season? Atlanta. <coughs> Atlanta, says Bubba. I, I like it. I think that makes sense. Atlanta makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. If Baltimore was committed to keeping Lamar Jackson, it would have happened already. It's very unlikely now that they will come to their senses when they had all this time to do that previously. Now that the relationship has deteriorated, what they're going to do is get a King's Ransom for Lamar Jackson from Atlanta, who finished runner-up for Deshaun Watson. And I'm not sure if Arthur Blank will write Lamar Jackson a blank check, but I think Arthur Blank is very likely to give him a lot closer to the Deshaun Watson contract than perhaps any owner in the NFL. You know, what Bart brought up uh, on Get Up One Day last week, whatever day he was on, was the idea that if you want Lamar Jackson, you do a Patrick Mahomes-esque contract where you sign him for something like eight years, you guarantee the first four so he gets the guarantees that he wants, mm. but you can still sort of spread it out over a long period of time, and it doesn't rewrite the precedent of non-guaranteed contracts. I, don't, I think you're going to be a little bit surprised by how high these quarterback numbers are this offseason, and that's because the NFL salary cap is going to explode. We have, the, we have the Amazon deal. We have all these other factors that go into the salary cap now that we never had before. That's merely one example. $40 million right now sounds like a lot for a quarterback. There are only something like eight or ten quarterbacks that make it. Two years from now, that number will be double. So the smart teams are going to be the ones that pay their quarterbacks, so long as they have the right one, the money right now, because comparatively speaking, those are going to look like bargains. Patrick Mahomes earns $45 million a year. Daniel Jones might be making that next season. That, that's When you just allow that to wash over your mind, it is somewhat difficult to take in. In the meantime... 
We save the best for last. Oh, Bubba. Oh, seer of future things. Oh, clairvoyant one. With your deck of cards, as you sit there sorting through the clubs and the spades and the hearts and the diamonds, where will Aaron Rodgers play football next year? Well, from what I'm seeing, unfortunately, he will not. He will retire. You believe Aaron Rodgers is going to retire? He's not. Bubba, look, I've had so many people tell me that that could happen. I I can't count for you the number of people who have told me, Greeny, Rodgers could retire. And again, I I, I touched on this earlier this morning, but I kind of get it. He's not an old man. He's a very young man, as a matter of fact. But his, from his professional mindset, he's a very old man. And it takes a level of enthusiasm for the task that to start all over again that I don't know if he has. Now, I don't know that he doesn't. In fact, as you, if you know me, you know I hope to God that he does. But Brady... You could tell how re-energized he was by getting out of New England, starting fresh, wanted to do it all again. He was like a kid in a candy store. He wanted it so bad. And that's Brady, and that's his personality. Roger's personality seems a little different. This is a guy who's got to go sit in the dark for three days to decide if he wants to keep playing or not. And so the easiest thing to do in life as you get older, if you're a very young person, take it from me, as you get older, the easiest thing to do is whatever it is you've always done before. It's very easy to just stay in your pattern. Breaking that is much harder. It requires a different level of energy that some people have and some people don't. Again, I don't know if Rodgers does or he doesn't, but it could very well be that Rodgers decides if it's going to mean going to a new team, living in a new place, starting all over again, meeting all new teammates, working for new people, dealing with new people, new media, new this, new... all. Everything will be different from what he's been dealing with, with the possible exception, I guess, of the offensive coordinator. He might just say, you know what, I don't feel like dealing with that, and he could hang him up. And this could all just come down to you and your commitment, because Aaron Rodgers could call up the show and he could say, Greeny, how bad do you want me? Will you do the Panchakarma cleanse? Will you take the ayahuasca? And when he calls and asks, what will you say? Now, so, so, so now what you're doing is you're taking this to a ridiculous level. So what I have done is I have put out there into the universe the vibes by offering to do the darkness retreat. I will do that. The Panchakarma and the ayahuasca, you've just taken it a step too far. I can't do that. I, can't, I want this. You will roll into next season with Zach Wilson as no, your starting you quarterback. No, you didn't say that. Zach Wilson is worth the Panchakarma cleanse. <laughs> Zach Wilson, I'm contemplating Panchakarma, and you might be able to talk me into ayahuasca. But I'm hoping I can get Rogers for the darkness. Hey, very quick note, as I mentioned earlier, um, because you are so fabulous, your support for us, I told the publisher they weren't putting enough autograph books up there. I, pr- I promoted them on Friday, and they sold out in one day. We put more up. Hembo and I spent the entire weekend signing books. You can go right now to the top of my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, and pre-order a signed copy by both of us of Got Your Number. The, there's only one place you can get them right now because every place else has sold them out. Um, the link is at the top of my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. It's pinned there. They will sell out again today. If, I mean, the last two times we've done this, they've sold out the first day I mentioned them. So my expectation is that'll happen. So if you are interested, and again, thank you so much for being so. 
then you want to uh, go order them today. How's your wrist? That's pretty sore. I'll it's be a honest. lot of signatures. Not used to it. Yeah, it's a limited number that are up there. So um, if you would like to order them, we would be endlessly grateful you can do it today. Otherwise, we keep our ears to the ground, and we see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.